Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Jorge. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Think of it as your chance to sit at a bar with some cool scientists. That's, that's us. And getting to ask them all the things you always wanted to know about space, stars, particles, the cosmos. So look for Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, your host, Ken Brew. On News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome back to the festivities. Coming up on 108. Glad you're with us. By the way, good luck to the Cincinnati Country Day girls soccer team on their way up to play Liberty Denton, I believe, is the uh, team they're playing for the state championship. Good luck to CCD. When I lived in a certain area of town, I used to drive by that school all the time. Um... Okay, so games of the century. How many times have we heard, this is the game of the century? This is the game to end all games. Well, what do you know? We got one today. Yes, we do. It might be the game of the century, although you and I won't know because by the time this century is over, we ain't going to be around. But today, LSU plays Alabama. It's rare that you see a one and a two meeting each other in the same season, regular season. You see it in the in the college football playoff, but in a regular season, one against two matchups are very rare. Alabama has had LSU's number. They've had everybody's number, quite frankly. But LSU believes right now this is the best chance they've got to beat Alabama in, I think, the last eight years. And the subplot to this game we're probably going to see the Bengals quarterback of the future, either to attack the or or Joe Burrow. Because I think one of those two guys could be on her center for your Cincinnati Bengals 220 and beyond. Someone who knows much more about this, good Cincinnati boy, grew up in Sims Township, now has found fame and fortune as the college football writer for TheAthletic.com. And by the way, as you know, I love TheAthletic.com. I've got no money. I don't make a nickel off saying that. I got money in it because I subscribe. And it's good journalism, and you don't see all the pop-up ads in that. It's a bargain. I think it's like 10 bucks a month. But anyway, standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, is Stuart Mandel, who is ready to weigh in on the game of the century. And, Stuart, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm great, Ken. How are you? I'm great. I just want to hear it from your lips, from the lips of one who knows. Is this game later on this afternoon the game of the century, the game since the turn of the 21st century? Well, you know, I think uh, I figured out once that there's a game of the century on average every seven and a half years. So we are right on track uh, for the first one since the 2011 game. And this, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is LSU's best chance in a while to beat Alabama. And and the other intriguing thing is it's, it's a one against two. 
in a regular season, which you you don't often see anymore in college football. But th- this is LSU's best shot, right? They've had a couple close games during that stretch of eight straight uh, Alabama wins, but obviously I think people remember more the blowouts like last year, the 29 nothing. It certainly seems that way. Uh, obviously, LSU night and day from where they've been the last two years with a really explosive offense and a great quarterback in Joe Burrow. And I, I don't want to say Alabama's vulnerable, but they – this, this defense, this Alabama defense, is very young. Probably safe to say not quite on the level of some of the more dominant ones Nick Saban has had. Yeah. And, and I think the other X factor for LSU is Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow is just, I mean, he's he's matured. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback. And that isn't taking anything away from Tua. But is Burrow, I hate to say the tiebreaker, but, I mean, what he brings this year may be stronger than what he's brought in years past, right? Yeah, I mean, I think both quarterbacks are the key. And Tua, by all indications, everything we're hearing is he looks good. Now, you don't know uh, once you get into the game, the first time he gets hit, if he's going to have any problems. But right now I'm expecting to see pretty close to full strength Tua. Uh, the, The transformation of Joe Burrow and the LSU passing offense from last year to this year Rarely seen anything quite this dramatic. I mean, he went from a 57% passer to a 77% passer, and he's got great receivers. So, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, you would have said in 2011 during the 9-6 to game, oh, these teams are mirror images of each other. Yeah. And I think that's true this year, too. I think they're mirror images of each other, just in a completely different way. Um, I hope two is okay. I mean, I hope he's completely back, because I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. Tua against the LSU secondary. Now, the LSU secondary uh, has a couple a couple of really good players, two really strong players, but it gives up a lot of yards through the air. It is success, susceptible to a very good passer and a very good passing attack. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch today. Yeah, the, the performance of the LSU defense early in the season, especially against Texas, where they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards, um, the Florida game was puzzling because, like you said, they have guys like Grant Delpit, who I think would be considered one of, one of if not the best safety in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase on probably one of the best linebackers in the country. So it seems like they've gotten better as the year's gone on, but obviously Tua is a whole other challenge. I think the, the issue they're going to face is, uh, first of all, Michael Divinity, uh, one of their top pass rushers, just left the team this week under mysterious circumstances. If they can't get pressure on Tua, they're going to have a long day because he, when you, when he's not, um, when he's under pressure, he can be a little bit mortal when he's not, he just steps back there and they have, I mean, this is one of the best receiving cores I've ever seen. Uh, he's got four stud receivers to choose from. He's just going to pick you apart. So uh, this will be a real, real challenge for that LSU defense. No, I don't think there's any question about this. And I, I also think it's going to be a high scoring game. I could see uh 31, 24, 30 to 27, I just sense there is going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I don't think it's going to be one of those defensive struggles. What about you? I think high scoring. I think in this day and age in college football, when you've got quarterbacks like this, it's just not realistic you're going to shut them down. Now, is Joe Burrow going to throw six touchdowns? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, nor do I see. I mean, it would be it would be a heck of a performance by the Alabama defense, given what Burrow has done this year, if he – you know, came out and was a 50% passer and threw three interceptions. So 
my my pick is Alabama uh, 38-30, mm. and uh, I could see it going a little bit even higher than that. Yeah, it could very well kiss the 70-point over uh, under. Um, we're chatting with Stuart Mandel, theathletic.com, chatting about the LSU-Alabama game later on this afternoon, number one against number two. Um, Stuart, I want to get your thoughts on the University of Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats play this afternoon. It's their homecoming game. They play UConn. It's right here on 700 WLW. And right now, they are the leading contender for a spot in those New Year's Six bowl games from the group of five. And I'm just wondering, as you look at the landscape and the games left for the University of Cincinnati, I see some competition inside their own conference. I think SMU in a championship game will be tough. I think Memphis at Memphis will be tough. And, of course, Boise State is lurking out there. Some other group of five schools that could be a, a contender for that one spot in the New Year's New York Six Bowl games. But but honestly, I think the, the the landscape is wide open for them. They went out. I, I think they're in one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. Yeah, it's uh, I was a little bit puzzled about what happened with their defense in the East Carolina game, but obviously they got the win. Um Right now, you know, the playoff rankings come out. They came out on Tuesday night. They were the highest-ranked group of five team. But really, what you – I think the takeaway from that is that New Year's Six spot is probably going to be uh, the AAC champion. Boise State's obviously in the mix as well. But when you see all those AAC teams, AAC teams clustered together there in the, in the low top 25, it means that whoever comes out of that, if they come out uh, – if they run the table – uh, is going to have uh, a, a really great resume. So I look at their schedule. You know, they should win the next three games, right? And then that game at Memphis is a really tough one. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, they could obviously sustain that loss and still play in the conference championship game, but I don't think they could sustain that loss and still get the New Year's Six berth. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. You and I have talked a lot over the last uh, five years about conference realignment, where UC could wind up. Maybe they go to the Big 12. The Big 12 decides not to expand. I mean, we know that entire soap opera. But i got to tell you, the the American Athletic Conference, I don't think it's great football, but I think it's entertaining football. I think it's wildly entertaining. I watched uh, three games last Saturday, including the East Carolina-Cincinnati game. Um, I watched the SMU game. I watched the Memphis game. I watched... uh, Tulane and Tulsa, what an entertaining game that was. I don't think this conference is as appreciated nationally as it should be. Uh, I think people are catching up to it. I mean, just the fact that they have, um, I think they have four top 25 teams right now, and UCF 26th in the AP yep. poll. Uh, the, ACC, the ACC has, has two, you know, so that's uh, right there tells you how, how much respect people have for that conference. Um, I don't get much into the power six thing. You know, I don't, it, it's a fun little motto. It doesn't really uh, mean much uh, in the grand scheme of things, but uh, you know, credit to that, to the conference, especially given the fact that this being a group of five conference, you know, we see it time and again, as soon as a team has success, the coach leaves. So whether, you know, that was Scott Frost, I think Mike Norvell from Memphis will have opportunities here uh, in this coming coaching carousel. And, and yet, they keep going. Uh, these programs don't just fall off the map when there's coaching change. So uh, it's, it's rare in a group of five conference that you see so many programs that are now having yeah. consistent success. Yeah. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on what happens at UC with Luke Fickle and I think whom they hire as athletic director uh, 
to replace Mike Bone is going to play large and fickle and how long he remains in Clifton. We'll see. That's a story for another day. The story for this day is the game of the century. And then later on today, Connecticut against Cincinnati as the Bearcats try to stay in line for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Uh, Stuart Mandel, The Athletic. Always a great guest, always a great read. Uh, thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks, Ken. I really believe in that in that landscape. I, you know... I don't. You don't assume anything. I'm sitting there watching East Carolina have its way with uh, with uh, with the Bearcats last Saturday. And I'm, I'm saying to myself, "There's how do they how do they figure out a way to come back from this?" But they did. It's what makes college football the game that it is. But I look at the landscape. At Memphis will be difficult. It will be. But that's that's not a game I look at and say, "Whoa, you know, no way UC can win that game." So we'll see as as the season progresses. But uh, right now, if I had a look at UC critically, I would say that they are going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I just I just think they are. And if I'm not mistaken, we'll have to dig the tape up. But if I'm not mistaken, I said the same dang thing back in August. We'll find out more today. Connecticut's always a tough out for UC, regardless of strengths and weaknesses in any given season. You can hear all the play-by-play. Beginning at 3 o'clock, Dan Hoare, Jim Kelly, Tony Pike, and Mo Egger, live and direct, homecoming at UC and Nippert Stadium. It's 120. Ken Brew on this Saturday afternoon. Glad you are with us. Hope you are staying warm. 700 WLW. 700 WLW 126. Welcome back. Mostly sunny today. High of 46. Partly cloudy. Low 35 tonight. Oh, the Bengals are going to have good weather tomorrow. Partly cloudy. High 53. Monday, Veterans Day. Here comes the snow. 39 right now at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station. 700 WLW. All right. Where were you back in 71? be 48 years ago today. Led Zeppelin released its album, which uh, although you couldn't tell what the album was, it was their fourth ever album. And it went on to sell 37 million copies, largely because of two songs. One, Stairway to Heaven. Two, this song. Rock and roll. Uh, the band, which is now generally regarded as one of the greatest rock and roll bands in the history of music, a lot of the critics back then thought they had gotten away from rock and roll when they released Led Zeppelin III. So this was Robert Plant who wrote the lyrics. It was his attempt to tell everybody, hang on a second, hang on a second, whoa, 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 whoa. We're still very much a rock and roll band. It did all right as a single. It was a top 50 single. But if you're a a rock and roll aficionado, you know this is one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever made. In fact, Rolling Stone magazine so anointed that when it listed its 500 greatest songs of all time. 48 years ago today, Led Zeppelin four And some hard, get down, smack them upside the head rock and roll. 749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1-POUND, 700 on AT&T. Welcome back to the festivities. In a moment, health care for all 
and uh, why it is a fallacy and why we can't afford it and why there's a better answer. Healthcare expert Seth Denson is going to join me to talk all about that. He's got a brand new book out, of which I was very honored to be able to write a review. Got a um, got a preview copy of it in June. I think it was June. Read the book, read the galley, as they say, in their in uh, the writing uh, code in parlance, and then it was published in September. It's doing very well. It's going to stop by and talk to us about that. College football at this hour. Here's what's going on. Texas Tech beating up on West Virginia. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Virginia, that's out in Morgantown. It's 35-10. It's the waning moments of the first half. Ohio State, no problem without Chase Young. Just manhandling Maryland. 35 to nothing. Waning moments of the second quarter. Stand by. Minnesota is for real. The Gophers at home, 24. Penn State, 10. Hmm, the man said. That's, by, uh, that, by the way, is with about a minute to go in the second quarter. I wonder what that would do to the Big Ten conference champion race. I still think, regardless of who wins that game, Minnesota, which is in the middle of a I mean, they're in the middle of a robust and and one of the best best seasons ever for Minnesota. I think they're ranked 17th, 18th in the country, unbeaten. They win this game against Penn State. They got to go to Iowa, and Iowa's good. Then they got to go to Northwestern, and they finish up with Wisconsin at home. But yeah, I mean, it's there. Minnesota could run the table, could run the table in the West, and there you go. Minnesota and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But no Chase Young, no problem for uh, Ohio State today. Again, down the road, 3 o'clock, UC against UConn. Down the road, 3.30, the game of the century. LSU against Alabama. It's coming up on 1.30. News Radio 700 WLW. To learn more. Ah, yes, if you can't play some disco in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, what good are you? I know it's Daft Punk, but this sounds like something straight out of Studio 54, 1978. Maybe Daft Punk is really Steve Rubell. Email here from uh, Bob. He says, why do you want Bengals to draft Tua or Burrow next? They are not going to be very good quarterbacks in the NFL. Bob, how do you know that? He goes on to say, SEC rarely has a really good quarterback who can play in the NFL. There are currently 11 on NFL rosters out of about 90 players. I don't get this love fest with Tua and Burrow that you and everyone else have. Well, here's the problem. We know Andy Dalton is done here. I mean, it would take literally a complete 180 for the Bengals to have Andy Dalton as their quarterback in 2020. We know that. Or why else make a quarterback change with a guy you don't owe any money to at the end of this year and whose contract is up after the 2020 season? 
Why would you make the change now? You're not going to salvage the season. You're not. I don't care. They could drop Tom Brady in behind this offensive line. And there's no way on God's green earth that they're going to win their next eight games, and eight and eight is going to win that division. So why are they playing Ryan Finley now to see what they got? And if Ryan Finley plays the way Ryan Finley played at North Carolina State, I don't sense he's going to be the quote-unquote franchise quarterback, see Deshaun Watson, see Patrick Mahomes, see Lamar Jackson, see any young quarterback that's come into the league in the last five years with a contending team. I don't sense Ryan Finley is going to be that. But, hey, let's see and let's find out. So then you let you say to yourself, well, then whom is going to be that starting franchise quarterback in 2020 and beyond? And the two quarterbacks that are at the top of everybody's list are Tua and Burrow. It might be uh, the kid out at uh, Oregon, Herbert, might be him. Might be Lawrence if they want to wait a year, but why sacrifice another year? My point in all this is that at some point, you've got to look at a draft and say, this is our guy. Amazingly, the Bengals did that in 2011. Amazingly, the Bengals did that in 2003. Well, guess where they are now? And so that's why people are raising their names, because unless you've got a young, good quarterback on an initial NFL contract, where you don't have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to him, then you can address financially other needs that you have at other positions on the team. And there are a wealth of them on this current Bengals team. That's why. So I'm I'm watching Michael Bloomberg jump into the race. I don't know where he is on a lot of his domestic policies. I do know that he doesn't think Elizabeth Warren can win. I do know he thinks that Uh, Bernie Sanders cannot win. I do know he thinks that Kamala Harris and anybody else in that race cannot win, cannot beat Donald Trump. That's why Michael Bloomberg entered the race. But right now, what has gripped everyone, if you watch these presidential debates, is Medicare for all. And I got to wondering whether or not we can, A, afford Medicare for all, and B, we really want Medicare for all, because if you've ever dealt with any government agency, oh, let's say the Social Security Administration, or let's say someone that's trying to register for Medicare, or let's say anything else that is completely government-run, that that's a really good idea. Someone who doesn't think it's a really good idea is Seth Denson. He has been in creative health financing for the last seven years, formed his own company, GDP Associates, and has built a business dedicated to rethinking the healthcare industry and how you and I and everyone else in this country ought to go about getting it. And whether or not private health care versus public health care is really a debate that will benefit any of us at any time. And amazingly, he's standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And let's welcome in healthcare expert Seth Denson. Seth, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Ken, it's always good to be with you. I'm doing great. Uh, Let me start off by just saying thank you for your thoughts. 
and kind words and for the comments you made regarding the book. Uh, you are front page uh, and center uh, <laughs> on that book, as, as I really respect and appreciated your commentary. Well, it was just a really logical way, and I'm not going to give away everything in the book. People should read this because it explains the problem and then explains what few books do, the solution to the problem. You've been noodling the solution to healthcare in the United States for a very long time. We both agree it's broken. We both agree it needs fixing. And I think we both agree that it's not a quick fix or simple answer to this. But without getting into everything that's in your book, to begin fixing this problem, where is the starting point, in your opinion? Well, the starting point is to allow the free market to work freely, like it should. Uh, our free market system in the United States regulates commerce appropriately because it allows the consumer the information to do that, to make decisions that they think are in their best interest, not only of their own life, but also their pocketbooks. And unfortunately, when it comes to health care in the United States, the system's so opaque, we don't understand the cost of what we're getting, just the minimum terms on the credit card payment, so to speak, mm-hmm. because that's what our insurance tells us the costs are. And so if you really want to drive down the cost, which is really the root of the problem, we have a great healthcare system in the United States. We're the most innovative in the world. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world relies on our innovation. Right. But our, our citizens are paying for that blindly. They don't know that they're paying for that because all they think about is deductibles and coinsurances. But when you start to factor in the premiums on top of that, uh, and premiums are driven by the claims that are generated, that's why we're spending over $3 trillion uh, you know, uh, for this monstrosity that is our healthcare system. Yeah, well... Uh, And the consumer can control that. The consumer needs to take... You, me, everybody that might fall under this, which is virtually everybody, we need to to become proactive and take control of our own healthcare because God knows the federal government is not going to do it unless, of course, uh, you get someone like Elizabeth Warren who could quite possibly be the Democrat nominee. You've seen her Medicare for all. You've seen Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all. We now have the price tag for Elizabeth Warren's Medicare for all. It's $54 trillion over the next 10 years. So if this is a $3 trillion problem, stand by for $54 trillion. One size does not fit all, and I think that's the fallacy of Medicare for all. Am I right? You're absolutely right, and and you hit the nail on the head when you said one size fits all, because even if you think about Medicare as it's structured today, Medicare has multiple parts, A, B, C, D. You pretty much have the whole alphabet by now, and and it allows the American the choice of which parts of the Medicare platform they want to access Mm -hmm. that's best fit for them. Medicare for all, as proposed by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and some of the others that uh, maybe aren't as atop the, the charts, uh, is not Medicare at all. There's no part of Medicare in that. Mm-hmm. It is just complete, single-payer, government-controlled health care. You get what you get and deal with it. Uh, and that's just anti-American. That's anti-free mm-hmm. market system. And I will tell you, it's that free market system that only allows Americans freedom of choice, but it drives that innovation. And we want to continue to innovate healthcare. I still hope that we can find a cure for cancer. I think we can. We will not under a Medicare for all type platform. No, if you like, if you like the way you have to deal with Social Security and the Social Security Administration, you'll love Medicare for all. It is, it is a giant labyrinth and you never get to the person you need to talk to. And it is, it, it literally is, is, is a, a walk through a hedging that has no a- exit path. And I, 
I, I looked at I've looked at her plan and everything looks great on paper until you have to come to the business of paying for it until you have to come to the business of, well, what happens to the three to five million health care workers that are thrown out because of that? And she says, well, they'll find work in the in the car insurance business or the house insurance business. Uh, there's not three to five million jobs out there waiting for anybody in that business. And what about those of us? And I'm one of those who belong to a union, and we negotiated our rights, our benefits. Those go flying out the window now, too. It just, my, my fear, though, is, Seth, is that there is a large segment of this population in the United States that's been told they can get something for nothing. And you can't get something for nothing in this country. There's always a way you're going to pay for it, but yet we're not hearing about that. And even when she did unveil her plan it was this sleight of hand well yeah your taxes may go up but we'll get you on the backside because your costs won't go up as much and to me it's the ultimate shell game that you see on the streets of new york city by fear though is seth our people will believe this and it's it's ju- it, it is a giant shell game is it not well it absolutely is and elizabeth warren is a good storyteller and what she has done is painted this story where people with money are bad, businesses are bad, banks are bad, and you are their victim. And we're going to make them pay. Matter of fact, she says that. But I hear it all the time. They're fair share, right? Yeah. Well, here's the reality of, of life, right? Uh, I've never gotten a job from a poor person. And uh, we need businesses, right? We need right. pharmaceutical companies. Right. We need these organizational entities to do what they do so that our economic system works well. And the way that it's been proposed is, is – and even in the $52 trillion structure, she's taking snapshots of the economy but making assumptions. And we all know what assumption broke down yeah. means, right? Yeah. Where she's making assumptions – that the economic system will continue to work in the structure that it's working now. As you mentioned at the beginning of that, you've got overnight at least 2 million jobs. Really, it's closer to 3 by most analysts' standards mm-hmm. that would be eliminated in this platform. That's 2% unemployment overnight. Right. And well, they're all, well, you listen to her, Seth, they're all going to go to work in the car insurance business or the home insurance business. Those jobs don't exist. So now, again, you're right. You've got 3 million people that are out of work. So, so you got that on top of that. You're losing their tax revenue, that's for certain. Right. Right? Right. And, and so there's just a whole lot in this. One of our plans was to uh, legalize all of the uh, undocumented immigrants that are in the United States right now. Uh, which that's a separate conversation. But even if you did that, she didn't count the fact that now all those people are accessing the healthcare system. Yeah. So we didn't factor in the costs associated with that. Right. And so there's just a lot of. I, I stated this the other day on an interview I did with Fox News. I said, I, I, was there an economic, an economist that even looked at this plan before she rolled it out? Because any economist worth their salt would say the numbers just don't add up. Here's the reality: people lie, numbers don't. No, and I'll tell you this: she's she's done this so early in the uh, in the campaign. We're we're about a year out. They still haven't whittled down that that Democrat side of things to a workable number. She's going to get whacked on all sides from her own party on this thing. I have no idea who advised her that this was a good thing to do at this point in a campaign. I mean, just on. On, on the brains of running a campaign alone, this thing, to me, should speak volumes about her. Who would want to do that before you're actually up against the person 
who's going to beat you up on it anyway? I, I don't understand the whole thinking behind it. Well, I think we have a saying here in Texas, don't outpunt your coverage, right? Yeah. And I think what happened was Elizabeth Warren got caught up in the, we'll call it the emotional energy of, of the pedestal uh, and, and started talking about all this great stuff she's going to give everybody uh, and that you all have to pay for it. And, and at the end of the day, she was kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. She had to release the plan, yeah. <laughs> and she made a commitment as to what that plan was, and the absolute best number they could get to was $52 trillion. I don't even think that's enough. No given what she's what she's uh, proposed i've seen i've i've read a lot about this from all kinds of publications not just those that lean right some that lean left the wall street journal has a wonderful story out in the last couple of days on their website about just what the folly of all of this is but let's get back to why you wrote your book which again i got to i mean if you really want to understand what the healthcare system is all about and why it's broke and why it can be fixed. The book is The Cure, Solving America's Healthcare Crisis. Seth Denson, do you believe in your heart of hearts? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that this is a problem that can be solved, or is it so large all you can do is give it palliative care? No, I, I absolutely believe it can be solved, and that's why I wrote the book. And I'll tell you, I wrote the book in a way that everybody could understand it, or at least I hope so. I, I wrote it in Texan, uh, and yeah. uh, it's about 150 pages is all. And I got actually I asked the other day, why is your book so small? If you got to tackle the healthcare problem, I said, well, does any regular Joe want to read a 500-page book on healthcare? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I could have elaborated a lot more. Yeah. But the reality is, the problem, while complex, is quite simple to solve. Yeah. Economic principles: the cost of healthcare is related to the number of healthcare units consumed multiplied by their price. So, if you want to solve healthcare, there is one solution. This is the secret sauce, and I'm going to give it to you now. <laughs> okay. You reduce the number of units you're consuming, or the price in which you consume them. It's that simple. That simple. It's what we do in every other aspect of our economic platform, right? Right. right. And so to do that, we need the consumer to be in control of it. They need complete transparency to understand what it is they're getting and why. And if we can do that, the consumer can drive the market. Here's the challenge. The average American spends 10 hours researching a car, two hours researching a television before a purchase, and only 15 minutes on health care. And so we all play a role in this, and we need to step up to the plate. But we also need the availability of the information to do that. And that's what the government can do. The government can step in and say, hey, this system that is a sixth of our economy, well, you know what? you got to play by the rules that every other economic structure works under. you got to allow your consumer to know what they're buying and what it's going to cost them. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, Seth Denson, you've nailed it in the cure solving America's health care crisis you know, I'll flip a little Texan on you on, uh, on this on this side of it, too. It's the opposite of what you all say down there. But the book, it's all cattle and no hat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, my friend. I no, appreciate we'll it. We'll catch up down the road. Thank you, Seth. Sounds good. He is. It's a great book. Again, Seth Denson is the author of the book, and uh, it's a great insight as to where the healthcare care industry is right now. I would urge you. 
If you're really interested in it and want to see how it can be fixed, pick it up. It's called a cure. Coming up on 2 o'clock, News Radio, 700 WLW. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Well, like a lot of you, I'm going to be uh, taking off with the friendly skies here in a couple of weeks. Short little trip, but the fact of the matter remains you got to go through security, you got to take your shoes off, and you got to battle the just seemingly endless hassles of flying. And why is it that way? Maybe we don't know how to play the game. Maybe we don't know Gabriel Coomer, who is standing by right now on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline to tell us exactly what we need to know about flying that we may not know right now. She's the author of a book called Easing Distractions, and we'll talk all about that. She is a savvy traveler. And uh, we welcome Gabrielle to 700 WLW. And how are you on this glorious Saturday? Oh, thank you. Oh, hello. I'm fine, thank you, and thank you for having me. Well, it's great that you're here. It's great that you're fine, and let's talk about it. Travel anymore is not easy, particularly when you fly, and we know a lot of the reasons why in the wake of 9-11, but the fact of the matter is is that for some of us, packing and traveling and changing planes and the whole problems of traveling, we're all amateurs. You're a pro. So what are the biggest mistakes we make? Well, uh, traveling during very hectic times and waiting to buy your tickets too late. So I would suggest planning ahead and researching to avoid the stress of holiday travel. So buy, if you're able. Yeah, yeah buy, buy the tickets ahead of time. I think most people figure if you buy a ticket early in the game that you will save money. But that's not always the case, is it? No, not really, um, because obviously sometimes you have to change the ticket and you have a higher uh, change fee. So it's best to uh, travel and buy a flexible ticket so that um, if you have to change your travel plans by a day or two, avoid the stress of the holidays, then you're able to. It's always more stressful around the holiday season. Thanksgiving is on the horizon. Christmas not that far ahead. It's always more stressful because there are more people, obviously, that are traveling. So... Um, are the same principles of traveling, we'll say, on a random Thursday in June, the same that you would apply for Thanksgiving and Christmas, or is it is it more than that, other than just a lot of people tra- or more people traveling? Well, yes, you have so many more people traveling. So try to avoid those hectic days, like on a Wednesday just before Thanksgiving or even the Tuesday before. So try to find something in the morning, probably on that Monday or over the weekend, where you can avoid the hassle in the long run. Um, Also, if you're able to, uh, try to use the train or drive to to your location. But um, other than that, you have to be very flexible and plan ahead. Also, it's probably... mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Gabrielle. Go right ahead. Also, um, if you're a member of frequent flyer programs, that's also a big bonus because then you have ease of travel during these hectic times and you have lounges and, you know, shorter lines to go through. So, you know, it all depends on what you do to prepare for your travel. Well, a lot of play, a lot of people anymore, it seems like um, they, they boutique shop for fares. In other words, Delta used to, still is a big uh, carrier here out of Cincinnati. We used to be a hub. Uh, and there were just, I don't know, 300, 400 flights a day that came in and out of greater Cincinnati. And Delta was the airline of choice simply because they had more flights to more destinations. It's not that way anymore. We now have Frontier. We now have Allegiant. We have a lot of low-cost carriers here. 
in Cincinnati. But does it make sense in your in your mind now in this day and age to be a loyal customer of an airline? Is it worth that when you wait against cheaper tickets, perhaps from a low low cost carrier? Well, there are other perks, you know, to having the frequent flyer program, and that's also uh, your points. So sometimes it's easier to actually, if you have points accumulated over the years, to book on those points. And that's something that I've done during hectic times, so that it's also very it's economical to change if you have to. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a consumer choice, really. I mean, there's a lot to choose from, so just try to uh, you know, do your best. And there's another element to all of that, and that's staying safe when you travel. Uh, let's face it, there are a lot of people out there that want to do bad things, maybe not necessarily at an airport, but maybe as you uh, leave the airport, as you go to the airport and whatnot. I mean, when you head out of town, as a lot of us are going to be doing here in the next six weeks or so, uh, what do you need to know? I mean, are there certain things that the average person like me doesn't know in order to keep myself safe? Well, obviously, you know, a lot of it is common sense, especially if you think you're going to stand out or you might appear inexperienced or, you know, you're traveling abroad and people are looking out for, you know, the person who is going to stand out. So I think it's also, um, you know, plan ahead, stay in well-lit areas, research your safe routes and how to get from to and fro from the airports with regulated drivers. Uh, you know, keep everything out of view, travel light so that, you know, if you do have to come into a situation where you have to, you know, get away, you can also run and also know what all of the, um, you know, telephone lines are for the emergency services in, in your destination. Yeah, I'm six foot five and I have red hair. What do you think the chances of me are not standing out? Um, well, you'll be surprised, you know. Um, a lot of certain countries are used to people who are six feet with red hair. I've got cousins like that. Um, so I think, um, you know, it just all depends, really. If you go someplace in Europe, uh, for instance, um, you know, to always just be cautious about, uh, you know, your surroundings and, you know, watch around and try not to be followed and uh, try to just avoid um avoid standing out or looking as if you're a bit too prosperous. Well, is that is not standing out? Is that, um, I mean, okay, how do you not stand out? I mean, how do you appear to be a savvy traveler as opposed to someone who might be getting off a plane for the first time in their life? Let's say if you're looking for targets, how can you not be a target for somebody that might want to pick your pocket, put a gun in your back or something like that? Oh, well, uh, just try to, you know, Stay with uh, people, you know, who are like. If you get off the plane, don't try, don't go the other way. You know, just stick stick with the crowd and go where they're going. Um, also, with taxis, if you see they're going to one area, and sometimes you know, taxi uh, drivers from different who are unregulated will approach you. Don't um, don't take them, but you know, go to the ones that are regulated. Um, also, just try to keep uh, sign up for like emergency alerts, you know, for safety travelers, and do your research beforehand. And check with the hotels to see whether or not they have shuttles going back and forth from the airport to the hotel so that you can, you know, find them. Sure, and you'll save money doing it that way as well. Uh, You talk talk a lot about sustainable travel. Is is that what we're talking about here, sustainable travel? Well, a lot of it now, you know, um, is combined. So we have uh, certain airlines and hotels that have corporate social responsibility, and they do have initiatives that cater to the communities, the local communities, uh, and charities. 
So you can also have sustainable travel when you do that. And, uh, you know, also maybe using less electricity and doing little things, you know, in the hotels that, you know, they call going green. So everything is, you know, in moderation. We are chatting with our guest, Gabrielle Colmer. She is an attorney and travel expert, and uh, she travels worldwide, studied worldwide. She's got a couple of law degrees, two Master of Law degrees, one from Northwestern, one from the University College London. And uh, you can uh, this is amazing. You can practice law in three countries. That's amazing. I think people need to get a, get a hold of you just in case they get arrested in some place like you know England or Paris. Well, you know, it's very difficult to um, uh, know exactly who needs help, and sometimes I'm also traveling, you know, as as a regular traveler myself. And you know, I even though I have the ability now to uh, practice, I don't practice everywhere. Right, right. But um, you know, I'm just glad to give uh, you know some tips on travel and to help you, uh, especially with my book. You know, I've talked about identity fraud in here and easing distractions and, you know, keeping documents and, you know, all of your phones and all your valuables out of uh, out of sight and not to divulge too much information about yourself when you're traveling. Uh, yeah, your book, again, is called Easy Distractions. Uh, I was told for a man, you can tell me whether, well, I'm a man, so that's why I was told it, uh, that it, it don't leave your wallet in your back pocket, put it in your front pocket. Is that right? Should I do that? Well, um, you know, the thing is, I heard that such that uh, solution before, but um, now everybody knows about it. So, you know, if they're not looking, you know, in the back pocket, they'll also look, you know, towards your front pocket. So it's best probably just to travel light and only take the essentials and have some travel insurance and uh, yeah. you know, just a few cards. Yeah, yes. I could put my wallet in my shoe, but then I'd probably limp. So that probably wouldn't be a good idea. Well, the thing is, you know, they'll probably look out for the wallet. So try to keep everything, just all your right. personal, uh, you know, in a safe place. Right. Yeah. So your book uh, uh, that's out there right now that we've been talking about, Easing uh, Distractions, where can we find that? You can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can also find it on my website, www.gabriellefcolmer.com or on www.arrivebydusk.com. Com. Right. That's your Twitter handle, too, right? Arrive by Dusk? Yes, at Arrive by Dusk is also my Twitter handle, and I just want to thank you so much for this wonderful interview. Well, thank you, and thanks uh, for the tips, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will be uh, a little bit more on guard after listening to you, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you. Okay, goodbye. There you go. Don't take a wallet with you. Where would I put my money? What about the credit cards and the, you know, what do I do with that? Because I was told, put my wallet in my front pocket. Well, that's what I did. I was down in New Orleans uh, last week, and I kept my wallet in my front pocket. Maybe there's a pouch I could sew into my underwear. See, now, if they can get it out of a pouch in your underwear, those people are pretty slick. I'd like to get somebody like that on the show. Good luck traveling. 221 News Radio 700 WLW. 100 WLW. All right, let's go. How about the Rolling Stones? 54 years ago today, the number one song. It's called Hitting the Post, by the way. So the way Keith Richards relayed the story on this song. 
think I saw this on back when MTV actually talked about rock and roll. Stones had this big hit. It's called Satisfaction, right? You know the song. Huge, huge hit for them. The first number one. Well, back in the day, when a, when a group had a number one hit, like the day after it went to number one, the label was banging on their door saying, what else you got? I need a number one hit again from you guys. And so this is all about the group being bummed out that their label, which was the London record label, would not leave them alone. And so that's how Richards came up with a riff, and Mick came up with the language, and... All of a sudden, they had their second number one hit, 54 years ago today. By the way, the song that was number one at the time that they knocked off, Yesterday by the Beatles. A lot of people thought this was a, a song about drugs. Not a Just get off my back. 46, 46, the man said, the projected high today. Partly cloudy, low 35 tonight, tomorrow cloudy 53, and maybe some light snow for Veterans Day. Oh, great. 42 right now at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station News Radio 700 WLW. Uh, In a moment, he's one of the hot new recording artists in country music, and he's part of a deal that will air on Veterans Day on every single iHeartRadio country music station. It's a support the troops. And uh, I did. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. not know this until uh, I researched this, but 25% of all veterans in this country 25%, large number, one in four, suffer from diabetes. And uh, so a number of country music uh, acts, Jason Aldean being one, and my guest Ben Rue being the other, uh, have gotten together. They're going to present a concert on Monday night all across America to raise awareness for not only our veterans on Veterans Day, but also uh, what they're all fighting from a... Uh, from a uh, from a from a, a malady standpoint, so stand by for that. Also, we'll try to get in some more about the Bengals and the Ravens tomorrow and how they need need to deal with Lamar Jackson. All straight ahead on seven hundred WLW. WilerDirect.com. Welcome back two thirty nine. By the way, Ohio State, which is up. I mean, it's it's an ungodly mess for Maryland. It's like fifty two to seven. Uh, and that's with uh, three minutes to go in the third quarter. Anyway, report out of ESPN that Ohio State expects a four-game suspension for Chase Young. Uh, this stemming from taking a loan out from, uh, I'm not sure where the money came from, but he took a loan out so he could fly his girlfriend to attend the Rose Bowl. I mean, good Lord. The NCAA is just more ridiculous with each passing day. But a four-game suspension for Chase Young. Monday night, all across the iHeartMedia country radio stations, there will be a concert for our veterans. It's the 100th anniversary of Veterans Day. 
And uh, this concert, which is billed as one night for our military, will include Jason Aldean, Scotty McCreary, and my next guest here, Ben Rue. Ben Rue has been in the country music game for about seven years, had a number of hit songs, and is kind enough to give us some of his Saturday here on 700 WLW to talk about this event on Monday night. And he's standing by on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. And Ben Rue, how are you on this Saturday? I'm really good. I'm I'm hanging out here in Nashville, beautiful weather, and I'm excited for this uh, event this week. Nashville is where you are now, but Oregon's home. And, you know, no, no, nothing to disparage Oregon, but I, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think Oregon as like a pantheon of country music. How did, how did you gravitate to that kind of music up there? You know, people... People think that whenever they think about Oregon it's, uh, as a blue state, but uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up kind of in one big country song, I guess you could say. I, I was in a small town on a on a farm out in the country, yeah, uh, family grassy farm, and I drove tractors since I could walk, listening to Garth and George Strait, <laughs> Alan Jackson, and that was kind of my first real rehearsal studio, I guess you could say. Wow, wow. spent a lot of days singing to myself in the cab. There you go. Well, no, as I as I understand, yeah, the family had a farm, and you worked the farm, obviously, as you just mentioned. But at some point, you realized that playing a guitar wasn't all that bad either. What age What age did you pick up your guitar? How old were you? I uh, I got my first guitar when I was uh, a freshman in college, and oh. my my older brother started playing, and I I like to think I can do anything that he can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think I can do it better. So. Uh, I started learning and taught myself on YouTube and uh, kind of went from there. Yeah, and, and as I recall, uh, and again, I'm trying to piece together this through memory, you, you played baseball, right? I think you went to, uh, what was it, Concordia, and you played baseball for a bit there, right? Yeah, good memory. I uh, Baseball was kind of my first my first true passion and, and love, and I went to uh, college in, in Portland, Oregon, Concordia, on a baseball scholarship. Yeah. And, yeah. Had an opportunity to play in, in Michigan on a professional team after for a summer, and fortunately, I I hurt my elbow, which opened up the music door for me a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Not what, what, so fortunate at the time. Was that the Frontier League that you played in? Yep, yep. So you must yeah, have played yeah, the, was, the yeah you must have played the Florence Freedom once or twice. We did play Florence. We uh, we I was in Kalamazoo. Um, for the Kalamazoo Kings, and I think it's the Growlers, or I don't even know if it exists anymore. But uh, yeah, we traveled all around. Yeah, there. yeah there's some, honestly that is some good baseball. I mean, hungry baseball. Everybody wants to make it at that level. At some point, you realize that that wasn't going to work out, and and you gravitated towards your love of, of music. At what point did you realize that baseball wasn't going to be a a place where you could make a lot of money, and that playing the guitar and singing would be a possibility for you? I think when I got my first check for baseball, it was like $522 after taxes. <laughs> I realized uh, I realized it was a long road, and not the music isn't, but um, I, I've, I've done all right for myself, and I picked up and moved up to Nashville uh, a couple of years after I finished up baseball there and uh, kind of didn't look back. I want to talk I want to talk a little bit about your music, and then we're going to get into the important stuff here, but... Uh... I want to say it's 2017, the album Back to the Nights came out, and you had some really fine music on that album. Uh, I just, I love that album. Till You Love Me. Did you write that? (laughs) 
Uh, I want to thank uh, Eric Pathway for that one. Yeah, we wanted, well, I wanted everyone to hear it because it's such a fun, upbeat song, and, and I love those positive messages. You're driving, you're cruising me crazy. I'm dreaming, you're thinking just maybe. You want to dance in the parking lot, a little something in the soda pie. Our story can start tonight. such a as you say an infectious song i i think a singer would love to get a get a hold of a song like that but once you do you got to make it work you got to be true to the lyrics true to the message true to the vibe and i'm just wondering how particularly on that song how you did all of that how did you how did you pull it off well i think that's one of one of the best compliments i've ever gotten is that um uh, someone told me that all my music is very genuine and it comes across that way and and I, I believe every lyric of that song, and, and I, I sang it like I believed it, and I think that comes across that way. So yeah. um, I've, I've had several radio stations play that one and, and maybe some new fans off that one, but, you know, it didn't quite reach the top of the charts like a lot of songs yeah. do, but, you yeah. know, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, if you could figure out how to make every one of your songs go to the top of the charts, you'd have a, you'd have a formula there, wouldn't you? Another song that I love is Making Out, and, and honestly, any guy, every guy has been in that position, right? I mean, you, you, you break up with someone, and she breaks up with you, but, you know, she keeps dialing you back at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, and things like I mean, I'm wondering about that song, too, but again, that, that's another fun song, isn't it? Yeah, I, one of my greatest uh, passions in, in writing country music is kind of twisting the words around and, and making you think at the end of the chorus. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, so that was yeah. one of those songs, and not all of songs that are written are true, but this one has some truth behind it, and so it's, those are a lot easier to write about. You're probably thinking I'm home, still thinking about you, lower than that last little pole of Johnny Walker Blue. Now you're lighting my phone, maybe make things right. But all of your missed calls are gonna stay missed tonight. Girl, you're the one who walked out and you're calling me now. If you wanna know how, I'm making it out. She shot me away, so I got us some drinks. And before I could think, we were spinning around. First one was crowded down. And she had me out backed up against the fence And every red light driving to her house To the couch, that's how I'm making out yeah, that was that was a fun one too. Glad you're listening to all this. No, I know I, I do. I'm mean, when they they offered you, they said, "Hey, do you want to talk to Ben?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." He's Ben Rue. I'm Ken Brew. There's got to be a song there somehow, right? <laughs> but I, I yeah. but, but it's just it is. And, and 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 you mentioned George Street, and I know Alan Jackson has been a, an influence, and I know Garth has been an influence on you too. But you go all the way back to when you first burst on the scene. You can hear George Street all through that song. You know, it's funny you mentioned that one because that's uh, that's one that I have loved my whole 
entire career, and I'm actually going to be playing that song at the uh, at the one night for our military, just because it's it's always one that stuck around. It's, it's me to the core, and uh, I want everyone to hear it again. Yeah, it's it's really good. You have you have a you have a, a lot of fun with this this stuff. You 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 just seem to like what you do, and I think it comes out. Not just in your TV appearances, but your videos and all that. And I mean, even if you don't even have the visual and you're just sitting there listening to you, you really and truly just have a lot of fun with what you're doing. Well, I've I've had a lot of jobs that I hated, Ken, so it makes it easy <laughs> when you have something you enjoy to, uh, to really enjoy. around, turn down the lights, no doubt what's going down here tonight. That's why I can't pick up my You've partnered with Roach, uh, and uh, you're working with them. Uh, the National Diabetes Awareness Month, as we said, is this month, November. Uh, we're coming up on Veterans Day, uh, and you're living with type 1 diabetes, too. I, you have been for most of your adult life. I'm, I, I guess when you live with it, it's a passion to try and find something to deal with it, if not cure it. And my guess is that was your pathway into this. Am I right on that? You hit it on the head. Um yeah, I was diagnosed when I was 14 years old, and so I've lived over half my life with diabetes, and I've seen a lot of the ups and downs that, that come with it. And so on behalf of Roche Diabetes Care, the makers of AccuCheck guide me uh, this, this whole week and this month is all about raising awareness and educating, inspiring, and helping others learn how they can better manage their diabetes and its high cost. Yeah, and it, it's a story that, that thousands, millions of Americans go through uh, in their lives as well. And that's why here's Roche now supporting uh, this uh, one night for our military, uh, the concert at the, con- the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh, this is a pretty strong bill. you got Jason Aldean on that, Scotty McCreary. Uh, it's going to air across all the iHeart Country uh, media stations here and, and uh, on November the 11th. So this is this is a really cool thing to partner with. And, you know, not that you haven't had big stages in your life, but this is a pretty big stage you're going to be on, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's, I, I could not be more ecstatic to share the stage with these guys. And um, and like you mentioned, Roche is they're, they're a very military-friendly employer. And, and interestingly enough, one in four of our veterans are living with diabetes, which wow. makes moments like this so powerful because, you know, Roche gets to be the sponsor of iHeart's Century One Night for Our Military. And uh, we proudly get to celebrate our servicemen and women and raise much-needed awareness to diabetes, letting people know that uh, this November, in honor of Veterans Day, um, if you go to AccuTech.com, you can save 11% on their testing supplies and get free shipping as well. Beautiful. So, uh, listen, Ben, this is a trip. Thank you so much for doing this. And good luck with the show, and, uh, and uh, good luck with your career, too. You're genuine. It comes through. Your music is fantastic, and... Hope to see you up here around Cincinnati sometime in concert. Come on up here. We're good people. It's a little cold up here right now, but, you know, we're good people. Come up here and uh, play your music up this way. Yeah, I don't I don't love snow, but I could, uh, I could get a park or something. Thank you, Ben. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you, Ken, very much. I appreciate you. You got dreams that you've been holding back, ones that you ain't letting pass. Ben Rue is the artist. Jason Aldean will be on that bill. And again, that's Monday, and you can listen on the iHeartMedia app. But if you happen to be near an iHeartMedia country station, one night for our military. Scotty McCurry, Jason Aldean, some other uh, terrific uh, stars on the show. I think Kelsey Ballerini is on that as well, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, and and, uh, and Aldean, I think Aldean has got another an album coming out. It's either just been released or it's about to be released uh, his ninth album. Anyway, that's Monday on uh, every single country media, uh, iHeart me, uh, Radio Country Music Station. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, I wanted to make mention of this before we run out of time. But tomorrow on Sunday Morning Sports Talk, live from the uh, now seemingly mythical Holy Grail down on the banks of the mighty Ohio River, I will be joined, as always, on Bengal Home Games by Tony Pike. We'll talk to uh, Jared Bell, USA Today, on your Cincinnati Bengals and the switch they're making a quarterback. What is the key to stopping Lamar Jackson? And if there is a formula to stopping Lamar Jackson, why aren't more teams doing it? Jeff Zerbiak from TheAthletic.com. He covers the Ravens. He'll join us on the show as always. Lee Sterling will be with us to have Five big games you may want to invest your time, money, and effort into, should you be so inclined. And Gary Hahn, the uh, play-by-play announcer for the North Carolina State football team, on exactly what Ryan Finley brings to the equation for your Cincinnati Bengals. All of that on the docket for tomorrow. Tune in to win. Standing by right now for UC and UConn, the Bearcats, homecoming. And uh, the game direct from Nippert Stadium with the now seemingly mythical Dan Horde, Jim Kelly, Tony Pike, and Mo Egger, hopefully calling a UC winner as they stay on path to a New Year's Six Bowl game right here on 700 WLW. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.